Scarlet Rhapsody presents The Bizarro Files. everyone, Jared here, a.k.a. Bizarro, a.k.a. Jared, a.k.a. Jared the Greek, a.k.a. a.k.a. And I'm here with the Bizarro Files. I know it's been a while. Last time we were talking about TV, we got some more TV and movie news to talk about, about this franchise that people kind of know called Star something Battles. Star Trek? Uh, yeah, something like that. Star Trek. Not quite sure. Uh, oh, Star Galactica? <laughs> that other voice you're hearing is Ramsey's. You would know him from uh, Secret Stage and, of course, from this show. And it's always awesome to have you back, Ramses. I'm in always welcome. I'm always happy to have you here. In addition, we have a representative of the planet Endor, our producer, Scarlet. Really? Endor? Yeah. You're short. You go, you have no... No, you, you, you tried could to go with the Hoth. The cold never bothered me anyway. Eh, too cliche, especially now that Disney owns Star Wars. But but as soon as a, as soon as an Ewok shows up in a Marvel movie, I'll be happy. Doesn't have Not to be happening. a character; just has to be like, like one of the Big Hero Six just has one on his desk as a little stuffed toy. Be great. By the way, in Big Hero Six, he actually did have a Mister Incredible figure on his desk. Yes. I think it was in a, it was either Incredible. No, it was Wreck-It Ralph. My was bad. Wreck-It Ralph figure. Yes. Yeah, because Disney did Wreck-It Ralph. I mean, Pixar did it through Disney, but this is the actual Disney Animation Studio or whatever. I like those little kind of references. I, I want to see an Ewok on someone's desk. I want it to be just like that Tribble in uh, Star Trek Two: Into Darkness, um, where oh. McCoy just has a random Tribble on his desk for no reason. And I'm like, there's no, no point like to have that. Up. Oh my god. Uh, thanks for reminding me. Thank you. I, I know. I hate Star Trek Two: Into Darkness. Um, I hate both Abrams tracks, but I remember um, when it got announced. Oh wait, that's. For our main topic of Star Wars, I know you guys have some other stuff to talk about, but I'll tell my joke. Then we'll do we'll do uh, minor news. Then we'll go to the main topic. Uh, I remember some people being upset, like J.J. Abrams can't do Star Wars. He's doing Star Trek. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's already done two Star Wars movies. The it's like it's like Star Trek and Star Trek Two Into Darkness, both of which had no plot, uh, characters saying catchphrases, and lots of special effects, which is basically Star Wars. And I love Star Wars, but let's face it, shallow plots, characters saying catchphrases, lots of special effects. That represents all six movies. So, I got a bad feeling about this. I know there's a counterpoint to that, I just can't think of it. Uh, never tell me the odds. <laughs> I mean, we just saw a teaser just come out recently, and I know the only the one thing that really annoyed me about the teaser, and this is not me being nitpicky, it's just the way it was edited because there were there was more black space. It there was like a lot of cuts to black, and I don't know. It was just it, just a day after Thanksgiving, still kind of having a turkey hangover and just having like flashes of like cuts to black, just kind of like just ruined my viewing experience. I don't know. Just like a 
I just had like this, this huge editing issue with um the, the teaser, but the images we saw look pretty sweet. Well, let's let's get uh, through some of our other little minor news, and then we'll jump back into it. I just wanted to tell my joke when it was joke appropriate. Uh, but because I know both of you have little things you wanted to talk about um, in the nerdy news categories. Uh, yes, uh, IDW actually just um, put out um, some of the artist um, samples of what's going to be possibly on the Gem and the Holograms comic that's coming out next spring of, t of 2015. Um, what people are mistaking for is the, uh, the, the images that were shown of Gem and the Holograms in the IDW article is they're not the actual designs that are going to be used. That was just fan art done by the character art, by the uh, artist. So they just published some of the fan art they done. This is not a final version of what the characters are going to look like. So I, I have a lot of, had a lot of people ask my opinion on it. Like I'm still looking forward to a Gemini Holograms comic. If anything, um, the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic franchise just proves that like, yeah, girls would be into something like this, and the success of the My Little Pony Friendship and Magic uh, franchise in the comics world is also doing pretty good, too. Yeah, unfortunately, I saw the first cover for uh, Gem and the Holograms. I just saw it a couple of minutes ago on the internet. It's Gem on top of a building sticking her butt out at New York City, and I was kind of offended by it. And I, I can't wait for the internet to just get really pissed off about it. Now I have like this image of um, Gem just imitating Miley Cyrus because that was what I was more thinking about than um, Spider Woman. I know I just had to come up with some some sort of comic Gem Twerks New off. York. Gem Twerks New York. OMG, Gem, you're twerking the the World Trade Center, which is still around in the 1980s. Why no, did I was you see it like her that? like on, on top of like the Empire State the Chrysler building like King Kong like just twerking the whole thing. <laughs> That's the image you gave me, Jared. I wasn't I think thinking that, of Spider Woman. <laughs> I think one of the I think one of those uh, I think the gems working on in on New York. I think I found a video like that, but I won't say I won't divulge into where I found it. No, it'll be gem naked on a wrecking ball. No. Well, I am looking forward to this. Like, I'm wondering, like, what kind of universe is going to be placed in because Gem is so heavily associated with the 1980s, and maybe it could be like just its own little universe where, like, the 80s, like, just all the awesome things of the 80s are still cool again. Or I'm hoping futuristic will... 80s, like Back to the Future 2015. <laughs> either, either yes, yes, a futuristic like Back to the Future esque uh, future timeline, or I want it to be the 1980s future verse from The Dark Knight Returns, where Reagan is still president, but we have like cyborgs and mutants and weird Nazis of really strange dressing habits and strangely faced people on television. Just because I'll have this weird image in my head of uh, like an older Dick Grayson listening to Gem and the Holograms and being like, I dig what these kids are listening to nowadays. And also with this, with um, Rainbow Rocks, um, we recently recently saw that movie. It's um, the sequel to Equestria Girls, in which like the main six in the human universe form their own band. And I'm like, hey, this is definitely could be like the groundwork for a Gem and the Holograms animated series or like an animated movie. Because honestly, I'm not quite feeling the uh, proposed live action movie. Because when I saw the poster. 
it looked more like fan art than it did look like an actual poster. And it may have been fan art, honestly. You never no, know. it is an official poster. Official? Okay. Um, I'm up for the gem live action movie because I know that they spent like $15 to produce it. And it's going to be cheese-tastic with probably some really terrible songs or really bad covers. And I'm in for... I don't always like a bad musical. But occasionally, occasionally, I will be in the mood for one. I'm not expecting this to be highbrow, like Cannibal the Musical or... Um, South Park. South Park, the movie. Like, I'm not expecting it to be, like, that high quality of a musical. I'm expecting it to just, you know, be passable. Oh, okay, yeah. that's what I like to look at. Just, like, a cheesy movie night. Yeah. I was, I was thinking more along the lines of something, like, something like you would have done in the 80s. Like, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, that's, that's, what, that's my expectations with the, with the movie. As far as the TV show, as far as this comic book goes, um, you know, the, the, that's the thing. Right, right now, it's, like, I mean, I guess I guess what they're gonna try doing is they're gonna try to establish their own universe. Maybe they're gonna try doing the like the like the modern nineteen eighty six sort of thing. Um, it, it all depends on like what the writer who's who's gonna be part of the writing staff, who's gonna be part of like the, the staff in general. Um, as far as like the artwork goes, I'm really down with the, with the artwork. I'm down with I'm done with everything. You know, I just want to know more like what's gonna happen because like. The thing with Transformers, the thing with GI Joe, and the thing with all the comic books, and all the comic books based on those '80s cartoons, is that there is some sort of basis already with a comic book, and they said, "Okay, we already have some sort of like base, and we can, or we're just gonna work around this base and try to modern, either modernize it or do something else with it." I mean, in curious. the case. Yeah. Sorry, I was about to say, uh, I've been actually really curious about the GI Joe and Transformers comics done by IDW. Uh, I never read the original. I think Marvel did the originals for those, and yeah. I never, I never really read those. I think I read maybe one or two Transformers comics way back when, when I was a little kid. But beyond that, I have almost no memory about those comics. And even the ones I read, I don't know if, if you could have given me the same two issues. I'm not sure if I'd even remember the stories if it's been like that long. Oh yeah. Considering how many G1 episodes I completely forgot about, and it's like I saw all of them as a kid. And then I rewatch an episode, I don't remember this at all. It, it is really weird how my brain did not retain any of that stuff. Although, ironically, if G.I. Joe upsets, there's been a few G.I. Joe upsets. I'm like, I remember this one. So, I don't know. I guess I my brain remembered G.I. Joe better than remembered Transformers. And yet, worse yet, my brain probably remembers Super Mario Super Show better than either of those. That's true. But no, um, so the point I was trying to get at was, um, uh, like, there, there was always some sort of basis, but seeing the Friendship is Magic book, like, flourish as it is, it's doing really good, by the way. It's, like, it's always constantly in, like, the top, it's always it's always um, IDW's top-selling book, and seeing, like, you know, them just taking, just them spinning off their own thing from the, from the TV show. So I'm pretty sure what's going to be happening is this is going to be its own little thing, or it's going to be tied into the new new, new um, movie some way somehow. See, I don't see them tying it into the movie. I think it's going to be its own thing, because you could just retell the origin. I think the only part that really, really, to me, the part that makes that made Gem fun was the fact that they actually did have all these songs and stuff and little music video segments that just randomly, you know, uh, turns into. And you can't really do that in a comic, you know. I mean, unless the comic comes with its own like like CD or something. Or or now that you're reading your gem comic, go here to download MP3s of the songs, you know. 
Um, they're probably not going to do that because that would just get way too expensive. But it's one of those things where that was kind of part of what I liked about that. See, if My Little Pony, I don't need to hear any of the annoying songs from that. So the comic actually is better in my opinion. Especially, God, friggin' season three and season four. Don't even get me yeah. started. We could do a whole episode of me raging about that stuff. But I don't need any of the stupid songs. I can enjoy a fun series where they're taking on different villains and they have you know, more long and story-intensive adventures, and I like that. And with Jem, part of the music is just so part of Jem that it seems odd. Um, I, I'm holding my breath on this one. I want it to be good. IDW has produced some really great stuff. I liked most of their uh, Rocketeer comics. I uh, read a little bit of the X-Files comic, and I enjoyed that. Uh, obviously, I've read My Little Pony. And I've been curious about grabbing, uh, like I said, uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe, both of which I've heard positive things about. Yeah, so, uh, as far as those comics go, um, the G.I. Joe comic is, is a mess. Oh, is it? So by the, the G.I. Joe comic is a mess, go for the one that's based on the the on based on the um, Marvel comic by Larry uh, Hama, which are like on, on issue two hundred something because they continue the numeration from the from, the, from that comic book. So it's really is, good because he's been. You is know, there a lot of continuity I need to be refreshed on before I can start on that? No, not really. Okay. As long as there's not like a bunch of continuity, it's like, hey, you, you've seen the cartoon? Yeah. So you know the characters? Yeah. You can start here. Yeah, pretty much. Then I'm fine with it. As long as it's like, not like, at oh, first, at this is the part where, where Duke's dead, but now he's been brought back as a cyborg who's actually the leader of Cobra, and I'd be like, whoa, whoa, slow down, a few steps back with that one. <laughs> cyborg say, Duke leads um, Cobra? Uh, the thing, well, well, the thing is what I like is that if they, what they did was like they had some sort of base of the original book, and it, like, they do continue some storylines, mm -hmm. but I don't think you're going to, like, I think you just pick it up easily and just, and just enjoy it as is. And then their main series is just kind of a mess? That's kind of a mess. They, need, they really need to, like, they really need to figure like, out what's going on. Does as far as Transformers goes, uh, pick your poison, because, like, there's, three, there's like, two, three series going ongoing. There's uh, two series ongoing. There's Robots in Disguise, and then there's, um, then more than meets the eye. Robots in Disguise is, involves, like, it's more space-orientated mm -hmm. adventures. It involves, like, Hot Rod, Springer, RC, all the guys from Season 3 of Transformers. Okay, I had a lot and, of those toys. Yeah, and, like, what's, and what's great is that, like, the, 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 the Autobot Decepticon War has already been long been over. Oh, so it's like so new it's just, it's just enemies and stuff, around. new places? It's just a couple of Autobots, a couple of Decepticons sticking around in space. Yeah, that sounds kind of boring, though. I, mean, I, I, like the war. Really I like the war being over, but I don't know. I'm kind of worried, like, whenever, whenever the phrase is like, yeah, they're just sticking around. I'm like, eh. Well, there's an ongoing club. Uh, like, I read the first couple of issues before they did. Before, like, I don't know where they are right now. Mm -hmm. But those, the first couple of issues were, were really good. I like getting, uh, getting, at, getting, at, uh, getting like, through. It was like, they're just sticking around in space. And then more, uh, Robots in Disguise or that, or the other comic, Mm -hmm. Is more. It's more politically. It's more politically based. Huh. Like it's like more politically charged as to like what's going on on Cybertron, and uh. and spoilers. Um, Starscream is the leader of everything on Cybertron. Go on. <laughs> that's that's the big thing. It's like like Starscream just won an election. They have elections like, by, by, on Cybertron. By, by, by using by using politics, he actually he actually got his way. I don't know. I'm kind of digging this concept of like a Game of Thrones Transformers series. That's pretty much what it is. 
all just be political dicks to each other, and uh, eventually we'll have a battle. But for right now, I've heard about these Cybertronian dragons. They may eventually show up eventually. Really? Yes, eventually. Okay. Winter is coming. <laughs> Since Cybertronian winters never end. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, so pick your poison. I think more you, I think you'll like that what kind of book more than I think the other one. Because I think I like more high adventure kind of thing. Like I like stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why I think I like more like digging around in space. But I think I think in your case, I think you want a little bit more politically charged, a little bit more grounded. Then go with the, go with that go with that series. It, it's funny. I could use both those kind of descriptions for uh, the two Star Wars books that have come out. It's actually when we get to that, I. I Definitely, it's actually kind of funny. It's making me smile because I'm like, oh, that's kind of how I describe the two books. <laughs> there's there's high adventure kind of semi dicking around, and then there's like politically charged, really heavy drama. It's like, it's like, yeah, what what, what are you more interested in reading? Yeah, that's all, that's all it is. It's like for me, it's like I want more. I want more high adventure, and like there, what I like about that one about the one that one is that like. Um, Cyclone is just, it was like, he's, he was kind of a prominent member of that team, and he's actually one of my favorite characters in the book. Hmm. And then he's there with, he's there with, with Rodimus and, uh, RC and Ultra Bang. It's so weird to see, like, wait a minute. <laughs> You're not supposed to be here. And what I like is that this other character, being Tailgate, you know, he's like, like, basically equivalent of a newborn Transformer. Oh. He's, t- he's just bestowing the virtues of the great and honorable Decepticon army. Huh. So it's like, it's stuff like that. Okay, I, it seems like that one at least has a lot of humor in it. And I, I, could, I could see the merits of that. So it's stuff like that. Like, it, it's stuff, um... So, so, so pick your poison. I think, um, I think Transformers is, is doing an amazing job with their, with, with, with taking the franchise. Whereas G.I. Joe is because I think, like, they, since Hasbro kind of treats it like an afterthought, it's not really, like, doing its job. But hey, Larry Hama's still at it. But, like, he's been he's still at it, and he's doing an amazing job with it. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Miss Victoria has picked up a few issues of Friendship is Magic, but I've read a few of them. I have too. I like it. I've, I've read it's, several. It's, yeah, it's an it's, awesome read. It's it's a lot of fun, and um, I need to pick up the uh, the, the uh, paperback version where it collects all the uh, uh, the shining armor meets Princess Cadence, and it's ponies in the '80s, and it's awesome as it sounds. Yeah, they, uh, the the nay anything story. Yeah, you like sold me on this. No, no, it's totally awesome because in one of the variant cover arts, you have. Um, you have Shining Armor, like, um, impersonating John Cusack in that scene where he holds the, um... Boombox. Boombox, and oh, he's playing God. Peter Great Gabriel. Or was it Gabriel Bryan? It's Peter Gabriel. But Gabriel Bryan is playing? the joke from, uh, from oh. American Dad. You're a terrible singer! I'm Gabriel Byrne, not Peter Gabriel, you jackass! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, sh- without further ado, do you want to, like, just move into Star, Star Wars? Wars? Nothing but Star Wars? Always the Star Wars. Star Wars again. Star Wars again. Oh, Bill Murray. Uh, yeah, let's move into Star Wars. We'll begin with the trailer, and then we can move into everything else in the universe, or galaxy, rather, because there's a lot. But yes, the finally the official real for realsies realsies teaser came out. Uh, it's not a trailer, it's a teaser. It's a teaser, folks. 
A trailer gives you the plot line, a teaser makes you go, OMG, did you see a lightsaber in that? I saw a lightsaber in that. But dude, there's a lightsaber. Uh, which I think is half the, uh, the things I've seen out there. OMG, guys, OMG, Millennium Falcon, OMG. Uh, this teaser, like, like you said uh, earlier, uh, Scarlet, it has a lot of unnecessary fades to black where there's just nothing except for the soundtrack playing. And I'd be fine if there was like a long speech being given throughout this trailer where it's okay to have the fade to black because you have the guy talking. But you really don't most of the time. It's just now black. Okay, now here's an image of a speeder bike. Now black. Now here's an image of an X-Wing. Now black. And, there's, and I'm there's afraid to like dude. comment on this on Facebook because apparently this trailer is getting heat because the first person you see see in there is a happens to be a black guy. It's like, that, like Scarlet, why are you complaining about blacks blacks in the uh, in the teaser? I'm not complaining about the guy. I'm complaining about the editing choices. <laughs> the editing choices, are, yeah, right. Cause you say fade to black, and then it was like what? And it was like it's a term used in editing, and yeah, it's. Uh, it, it, it literally tells you nothing. It's some guy talking about the Force and light side and dark side. Same crap we've heard, you know, six movies already. No, no offense. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan. I have a crap ton of the books and video games and comics. So I, I feel I'm, I'm free to say Force crap because, you know, the Force crap. You have Force privilege. Yeah, Force Oh, God, don't get me started on the Force privilege. That's the reason I voted, I voted for Order 66. Because those Jedi and their Force privilege, just holding that over everybody. Not cool for that. Uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't. I voted Kodos. There's the Simpsons reference. Thank you. <laughs> it's like when you little bell or something it rings when someone does a Simpsons reference. Hang on, I got an app for that. Oh lord. But yes, the, the teaser doesn't show us much. It shows us a Sith dude from the back with actually having the broadsword design of the lightsaber, which is kind of cool because that means someone read the comics. And uh, or play on um, most of the old Republic games don't feature that, but several of the comics and old Republic books were fe- feature some of the alternate lightsaber weapons. Um, the only one we've seen in the movies thus far is the double-ended, which was originally called a light lance, but later just re- was referred to as a double-sided or double-ended lightsaber, and invented well, by that, invented by Exar Kun. Uh, uh, Thank you very much. What's it called? Um, what's uh, General Grievous? He had like a different kind of lightsaber as well. He had that thing that. He had, he had a lightsaber with a thing on it that could, that could spin around. Yeah, and, and the, the uh, Inquisitor has his own variation on the lightsaber. And then I think it was um, Count Dooku had a curved handle on his. So yes. it actually played out more like a katana. Uh, which so it's like he, is he, kind of weird. He, it's, a pleasure, it's a pleasure to ladies. Yes. Only the, best, only the best for Christopher Lee. I'm Dracula. I will suck your blood. And have vibrator. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, I can't get over the fact that he's Dracula and then he plays Count Dracula. He's a, they called him freaking Count, and his name began with a D. He played, for God's sake, Lucas. Uh, but that, that aside, trailer looks pretty, like Ramses was saying earlier. Uh, you see the Millennium Falcon, and interestingly enough, it doesn't look like it has its satellite dish on it. So I guess after Lando broke it, they just never fixed it. They're just like, eh. <laughs> well, guess what? We can't. We well, guess what? We can't get space ESPN now, Chewie. I know. I know. I know. I know you want to watch. But I know you want to watch. I know you want to watch some Brazilian some Brazilian fire soccer. But we just can't anymore. We broke it while we're trying to destroy the Death Star too. It's just like 
can't we put out, it's like, Lou, uh, Han, Yolando, I'll pay for a new satellite dish, man. Come on, chill out. We'll put it, no, no, I don't need it. I don't need ESPN. Just, just Leia will just be flying the whole time. She'll probably go and like watch Lifetime or something. I don't need that going on. Whatever it is, <laughs> chicks watch. I don't know. I'm gonna get a space beer. All right, man. I'm married now. This is miserable. Why do you think this is a good idea? Why did I fall in love? <laughs> I like being by my. I like. I like that it was just me and my Wookie. Oh wait. <laughs> oh my God. Also, also sounds terrible. But there's a fanfic written about that. <laughs> I'm having bad flashbacks to Chewbacca's grandfather. Dumpy. Oh, Star Wars Christmas special. It's a, their rendition of Wookiee porn. It's not. It was cool. a human. That was the creepiest part of that. That's. Is that like a shaved Wookiee? Oh yeah. no! It was a human. It was full on a human. It was full on a human. Like, he has yeah, he has, inter- he has an interspecies fetish. Yeah, it was just a full on like it was like a full on like full on thing. He's like yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, dude, he has an interspecies fetish. And the an old human guy knows it because he gave it to him as a gift. Man, I know you got an interspecies fetish. Here's some porn. Thanks? I mean, look, I'm not saying I wouldn't go for a Twi'lek girl if I had the opportunity. I totally would go for a Twi'lek girl if I had an opportunity just to mark it off the list of things I've done. But I don't think I'd have a Twi'lek fetish. I don't, I don't know. It's some of those dancing girls, though. Anyhow. It was just, yeah, the Chewbacca's family, which I do love that some of the Expanded Universe novels featured those characters showing up that always made me laugh, because I'm like, oh, it's the writer who saw the Star Wars Christmas special and will not let it die. Nope, that's his wife and kid and his, and his grandpa. They're all, uh... uh spoilers, to the, spoilers to the book. Did he did attend his funeral? Uh, I don't know. I didn't read New Jedi Order. Okay. Uh, basically, I was like, oh, I want to read Vector Prime. Chewie dies. What? Screw this series. Literally how that happened. By the way, if anybody's wondering, just to, just to save you guys time, a moon falls on him. Yes. He does die in the most epic way possible, crushed by a moon. But it's one of those things where, A, no longer canon, so it doesn't matter. Uh, and B, that pissed off a lot of people. And I know that my, one person who defended it to me said they did it to show that the characters aren't infallible. And I'm like, right, but there's plenty of other... You could have killed off Wedge Antilles. You, you could have killed off Lando. Although killing the black guy, not that cool. But you could have. You killed Nightmare, I don't think anybody would, would bet an eye. There's, there's certain characters, but Chewie is so beloved. Like, you could have had R2-D2 be completely obliterated. We'd all be sad, but Luke can get another droid. Yeah. You know, and yes, it sucks to lose R2, and C-3PO could go become like, he'd turn into the depressed robot from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Why was I programmed to want of only two emotions? Being annoying and sadness. It's like, can someone wipe 3PO's memories or forgets R2-D2 existed so he doesn't whine and bitch this whole time about his friend being dead? You don't get it. I've known him for for years, and for a machine that the time has no meaning to, that means a, oh wait, still I'm bothered by it. <laughs> and here's your new friend, R six. Oh, all right, come on, R six. It's about the same. Do, 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 do. Watch your language, R six. Oh, weird little wheel bot thingy. What the hell was that? 
I don't know, but it looks cool. Anyways, keep going. I don't know. When I saw it, I thought it was going to be some sort of annoying comic relief, and I'm like, oh, God. No. No. What did we learn from the prequel trilogy? Annoying comedy relief is liked by nobody. Mm. But... Uh, go on. The, the, the uncannon stuff as it is, uh, the trailer itself looked pretty cool. You got Sith guy showing off his little broadsword. You saw some pilots. Saw speeder bike. Or actually, it was probably a swoop bike, wasn't it? That yeah, more like a swoop. Bike. Yeah, it looked more like a swoop, uh, which is cool. I do, I do dig the swoop bikes. Yeah, swoop bikes are more um, like they're more Harley Davidsons than to the speeder bikes, which are more like the Kawasaki Ninjas. Yeah, which is kind of cool that they have differentiations like that. Also, I love the fact that there's military grade Kawasaki Ninjas in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this thing looks cool. Let's put some guns on it. Heck yeah! High five. <laughs> like, look, let's not put firepower. Let's go, let's give it the bare minimum. Well, let's let's make sure this thing goes fast. Yeah. <laughs> thing goes unnecessarily fast. Has guns. Let's do this. Exactly. Sir, should we put these on a planet with a crap ton of trees? Yeah. What's the worst that could? <laughs> okay, guys, don't go higher than thirty miles an hour on these things. There's lots of trees here. It's totally suicide to go above thirty. <laughs> so should we just got one of those like standard land speeders so that you have airbag and seatbelts and no 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 we're cool like should we have like you know these these helmets this armor you just gave us it's practically foam I don't know I don't know how I, how I feel about this do you make millions of soldiers there are in the empire do you know how much expensive it would be to make ex- good armor for everybody no no empire cuts corners they're very cheap Look, we are the only blow up one of our the only blow up one of our bases. We're cutting corners as is. Do you know how much money the Empire lost on that Death Star? <laughs> Sir, they're making Sir, a new one. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it. The woes of being an Imperial commander. It's just why is all why why is Darth Vader and Emperor man, so that's stupid? Gonna the, that's gonna be like the worst job ever. And you have to you're the asshole that has to be like you're, you're the asshole that has to re-budget everything every time the Rebels do something. It's like, ah, uh, Rebels again. They blew up this and this and this. Well, guys, um, the Rebels, the Rebel Alliance just blew up this, this, and this, and this. Your races are cut in half this time, and now you guys got, now we're going to have timeshares on our armors. That's the fan film I want to see. Like, just Bill Johnson, Imperial Accountant. <laughs> uh, your Highness, yes. Um, after loss of the Death Star, we're gonna have to downsize it significantly just to make up for some of our losses. Downsize? I already disbanded the Senate. Right, that's not gonna be enough, sir. Um, should I have been to choke more people? Uh, if he can choke three or four hundred, maybe. But, sir, mm. these numbers are just not adding up. <laughs> I, look, uh, What if we uh, built a new one? That, that would cost more money than we actually have, sir. You'd have to raise taxes by like 200%. Maybe. And people are already freaking out about that. Remember the last time we had taxes and tariffs? It led to a really stupid war with robots. We, we really need to think this through better, sir. Oh my god, that's right. It's always for the fucking taxes. Yep. They, 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 we, the whole stupid war with robots occurs because of taxes. Space taxes that are never fully explained. Just, we have space taxes. Let's rebel. Let's start our own confederation that won't pay space taxes. Okay. 
yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a good, this is a good idea. Let's let's let, let's how let's start a war because of taxes and let's use these untested soldiers that we don't know what, what it was about. Oh wait, they're turning on us. Why was I? Why think it was a good idea? Uh, oh my my, my favorite Anyways, part is no Jedi uh, in first or second movie or second or third uh, of the prequel trilogy ever goes. Hey, why do we randomly have a bunch of clones? We just do. Obi Wan went to the planet. Hey, Obi Wan, why do we randomly have clones? Oh, some other Jedi went there and ordered them. Did 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 the whole Jedi order pay for that? Because that's got to be a pretty high credit card bill at this point. Space taxes. No, I was gonna say it's like like no like no one like that's the thing that that's the always that always like kind of like I always wondered like who paid for all of this like the, the, like the, it's like again now we now it's the other side like the prequel version of uh, of the. <laughs> The prequel version of Bill Johnson accountant, like yeah. he was, it's like I'm um, so there's a huge account here, so like there's this huge mysterious account that we're suddenly losing a lot of money for. What is it all about? Ooh. We're like the great, we're the great, we're great mystic Buddhists. What, what, do you, what do you want? Like we don't have no use for money. Like well, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean that there's a mysterious account being used? Oh, hell, hell, we know. It says that uh, one of one of your Jedi went to a Camino, wherever that is, and ordered ordered several million dollars worth of clones. Why would the Jedi need clones? Why would anybody need to go? Why would anybody need a clone El Torinos? I mean, we got a few of them. In, we got a few of them right there. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, I'm blanking that. Ah, the joke's over. Sir, Mace, I'm pretty sure Mace Windu has like a ha, it has a souped up one right now as we speak. <laughs> just yeah, it's just when you try to think about things with the prequel trilogy, it does hurt, especially space taxes and somehow we bought all these clones because I guess the Jedi just have a crap ton of money lying around that some random master can go to a planet and say, "Here's a sack of money, make us some clones." By the way, I'm going to disappear from this franchise now and never be referenced again except for in a couple books. Yeah, but um, going back to what you're going way back to the trailer. Yeah. Uh, way back, way back to the trailer. Um, taking a word, taking a book from the book of Jared. It's a trailer. Well, uh, it's a teaser. Teaser. It's just it's a teaser. Yeah, it's a teaser. It teases you with images, and that's about it. Um, the the Im- I won't I won't deny the images are re- the images that they showed are really cool. But at the same time, it's like it's for the part of me. It's like. You know, maybe I'll, I'll hold more judgment when I see more. As far as the pretty images I saw, they're really good. I'm really hyped for this. The shot I really like is because I always, my favorite spaceship design of all time is always the X-Wing. I always love X-Wings. It is an and awesome see, design. The, uh, the, I've seen the X-Wings on that, seeing the X-Wings flying and flying in that, flying on the ocean, like near like low level on the ocean. I, I I'll admit I, I there's a part of me that's like got a little giddy. But yeah, there's always it, it was something that happened in the books and something that happened in a couple of video games, but in the movies we never saw atmospheric battles with the X-wings. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Like, um, like we we like at a time that the technology would, wouldn't allow it, but now that we're so far advanced. But it's like, yeah, and, and and I'll give I'll give I'll give JJ Abrams this. He showed off two low level he showed off two low land battles in in one teaser, so it's like they're showing us something we've never seen before, so it's like yeah. that's uh I'll give him I'll give him that as a mark. It's just like I'm more I'm more gonna hold more judgment as time goes on. 
And I assume we're all in agreement that Desert Planet is Tanui, right? Like oh, it, yeah. it just yeah. has to be. You yeah. thought you saw Jawas there. <laughs> well, yeah, it turns out it was just a shadow. I was like, oh, I thought that was a Jawa. No, but I was going to say that, that, yeah, the Desert Planet, the Desert Planet is, um, the, the Desert Planet is, yeah, it's definitely Tantui. They said they're going to be on Tantui. Yeah, they said they were going to be there. And they were filming over in uh, North Africa to get a similar look. Yeah, and then after that, the planet with the with the X-wings, I'm pretty sure that's going to be Yavin Four. Yeah, might as well still remain as a base. They yeah. still used it as a base in the books, so why not? Yeah. I have no problem with it being a base. It's what it was used for before. And then, like you know, I saw some of the conceptual art, and it's like it literally is like when I, the first thing like I saw the conceptual art for the for the book for for the movie. Mm-hmm. It shows a lot, and like it shows still, like yeah, you can definitely tell that this is Yavin Four. The one didn't spoil anything, but I will say it does kind of like you start now piecing it a little bit more what the trailer is trying to do. Yeah, uh, the one thing I want is I want to see some new planets. As much yeah. as I like re- revisiting the classic ones, and look, odds are the one of the rumors that's been going around is that. Luke is going to just be living on Tanui as like a hermit, kind of like Obi-Wan was, and just like, I'm trying to stay out of galactic politics, because that led to every member of the Jedi being slaughtered. Um, so I saw, this, I saw this movie before. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to go right here. Yeah. You, you want training? You can find me on Tanui. I'll train you, but I'm not getting involved in politics. Forget that. And if that's the direction they're going with that, I think I'm kind of cool with that, because it makes sense. After everything that happened... I don't know if I'd be really willing to jump out and say, hey, I'm a Jedi, everybody. I'm going to start a new order. That didn't go bad last time, so how, how could it go bad this time? Uh, we all read the books and we know what, what happened that time. Yep, it always goes to hell. Jedi cannot yep. stay on the right and straight and narrow. They can't stay on the light side. Nope, they eventually have to freak the hell out and start slaughtering everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like the Ouroboros, you eat the ever, the ever eternally eating snake. Although one thing I would like to see eventually in a Star Wars movie, because I really liked it in the comics that are no longer canon, but that's okay, was in the Legacy comics, the Empire had their Imperial Knights, which were actually Jedi, or Force users with lightsabers. Not necessarily Jedi, because I don't think they specifically worshipped that uh, religion, but they were these Force user lightsaber wielding, you know, uh, Knights of the Round Table-esque characters. Oh, these guys. Yeah, I love yeah. the Imperial Knights. I'm like, man, I want to see the Imperial Knights make a comeback. Someone put them in. I mean, it's 30 years later. If there's a new empire, I don't care if they're, they're light or dark side, even though the Imperial Knights were kind of middle. They were like, no, we do good. We, we basically do as ordered. You know, we, we do what the Emperor wants. We're his, we're his whatever, his elite. So we do, we do what we need to do. We're not necessarily dark. We're not necessarily light. We're just kind of, you know, we're... We're, we're neutral good, like yeah. me. You know, I'm just like, we generally want to do the right thing, but if we have to do evil, we, actually, no, they're more lawful neutral, excuse me. Uh, they're lawful neutral. We follow the law of the emperor, but we're good or bad, eh, whatever, whatever we, we need we, to do. We deem the situation, if we deem the situation as such, we will, we will, we will act as such. Yeah, and, and honestly, more so than any of the other characters, I found them to be the most interesting because it was just this cool order of that, you know, why wasn't there something like this before? Why wasn't there some ruler who's like, oh, I rule this planet. By the way, these force users, yeah, my bodyguards and assassins and whatever else I need them to do. You know, and I'm like, why, why wouldn't you have that as the king of a world or worlds? I think mm-hmm. it's a cool idea and I'd love to see that. And I don't care if they're 
you know, if they just make them, oh, this, I am Emperor, whatever, Darth Evil, you know, and here are my uh, Sith Knights. I like, still would think it'd be pretty cool to have that armor and the lightsabers and the whole, like, chivalry sort of code that they had. I'm like, dude, why don't I want to see that again? Love those yeah. comics. Yeah, those are my thoughts about the trailer. I'm withholding like more serious judgment until I see like the until I see final product. Yeah. Like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on. Fool me, fool me two or more times, shame on me. Yeah. So it's like, but I, I like unlike you, Jared. I I, I I I started thinking back a little bit. Star Trek. I like the new Star Trek movie, the first one. A lot of people did. I did too. I was so selling it. Pissed off at it. I liked parts. I should rephrase that. I liked parts of that movie. Yeah, and the thing is, I think I liked it more than you did. I, I, I as I told my brother when, when uh, on Thanksgiving, as we were talking about this, the topic came up. Um, he's a huge fan of JJ Abrams. He loves Lost, and I'm like, I love Lost it. too, actually. And yeah, sucker. <laughs> I went in like the show is so good, and you get to season three, I'm like. It, it's still kind of good. You get to season four, you're like, oh God, can it just end? And you get to end of season five, you're like, thank you. I know I predicted this ending in season one, but I don't care. It's over. And I hate the fact that I love the show so much, but by the time you get to season five, you're just end already. Yeah, he and that's like a that problem. Too. So um, I, I told him, hey, I don't like look. Um, Star, uh, Star Trek, the new one, Star Trek Eleven. Yeah, I, I like it. I think I liked it more than I liked it more than I think I really should, but I really liked it. And then Star Trek: The Darkness, I I think I was more lukewarm into it. I think it's at one. I think the point when like that those last twenty or so minutes when we kind of just I wanted to punch myself so much. And but all, I mean, other than that, I was with those movies. Like I was like, okay, I'm down with this. Like I am like I'm totally digging this. Um, so it's like. On one hand, I'm really excited because like he hasn't really disappointed me. Like he hasn't made like a bad movie. It's just like he does a lot of bad decisions. You, you know, what I actually just since we we were talking about it earlier, the IDW, uh, I think it's IDW, who does the movie tie-in comics and yeah. a few other like side stories and stuff like that. I've read a couple of those and I actually kind of enjoy them way more than the movie. <laughs> uh, way more. They're far more enjoyable than the movie. I kind of like some of the IDW Star Trek stuff I've read. The only, the only book I really want to read because the concept is so bonkers I really want to buy it mm-hmm. is Star Trek versus Planet of the Apes oh my god I've never heard of that but I totally need to see it I don't care which version of Planet of the Apes they're using it's the, it's the, old, it's the old Star Trek it's 1960s Star Trek versus the old 1970s um, Planet of the Apes I'm in I am so in plus you know Kirk's going to totally have to hook up with Nova now just because he has to he doesn't have a choice. I don't care if, if they, it takes place before part two and Charlton Eston's character is still alive. It doesn't matter. Like, Kirk will come in and go like, I'm sorry, Chuck. I'm going to have to borrow this for a while. I'll be back in 15 to 20 minutes. And it's just, he's like, you took her, you damn dirty spaceman. Hold on. And there's a link here to cover. But... You know, as stupid as I was, I was so stupid and afraid. I, I thought the idea was stupid, and I was really afraid of uh, Assimilation Squared, uh, yeah. which is the Doctor Who crossover. I was terrified of that. And while, okay, that cover is freaking awesome. <laughs> that just looks like stupid fun. Uh, but to get back to Assimilation Squared, I was terrified of the idea because it sounds massively stupid to me. And 
it's 11th Doctor, who I also really... I, I like Matt Smith as the Doctor. I hate everything else about his seasons. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I was really terrified of it being stupid. And, and it is stupid. I'm not going to defend that and say it was a smart story. But honestly, the way they write the TNG characters is really great. Plus, they find archive footage of, I think it's the third or fourth Doctor, uh, teaming up with Kirk. And oh, Kirk wow. does like a drop kick on a Cyberman. And it is as okay. epic as it sounds. Okay, uh, okay, okay. You know what? You sold, like, just, as you sold, just as I sold you on Star Trek versus Planet of the Apes, you sold me on Star Trek and Doctor Who. I am going to find it, this now. It's not a bad thing. There's things I would disagree with as a fan of TNG in terms of how I know how those aliens function. Because uh, it's basically the Borg and the Cybermen team up and Doctor Who has to team up with the Enterprise. And there's certain little you know, things that I know about the Borg and stuff that make no sense yeah. in this. But it's generally kind of fun. Plus, you get to see uh, Captain Picard swear in French, to which I go, that's awesome. Because <laughs> he's a... I know, uh, I know, I know. Like, we're getting off topic. I know, that's why I like um, I'm veering this back slowly. It's veering the ship back slowly yeah. back into well, Star Wars. Let's get back, getting back to Star Wars. Yeah, so like I said, like he, you know, he, he, yeah, this is like I said, going back to what I was saying. Point was, J.J. Abrams hasn't really made a bad movie. He's just made all. It's just as a, his movies are kind of riddled with like little, like little announcements that kind of like add up to like, a, like you know, either a subpar experience or or something like that. But I don't I said, know. I, I liked Super Eight. Well, that's why it's like for you, and, uh, like, you like Super Eight. Whatever, I, whatever the Mission Mission Possible three, and did you do four as well? No, I just did three. Um, Brad Bird. Okay, um, so he did three, didn't he? Yeah, three was forgettable, but not a bad movie. It was just kind of like every time I try to remember, what was the plot of three again? I remember it had some cool action sequences, but beyond that, I have no memory of three. Yeah, so it's like, but for me, it's like, um, like I, I felt the same way with, uh, with like you know, for me, Star Trek and Star Trek and the Darkness, those are, those are the movies I've seen with him. It's like, yeah. You know, Star Trek. I really, I really like it. I like. I, I honestly like. I've watched that movie so many times. And like I said, you may have, you may have a problem with it, but I like it. I love that movie. I think, like I said, I think more than I think I necessarily I, should. There's a lot of people. Like, my family loves that movie too. So my my brother and my my dad, who are both Trek fan. Well, my brother who's a Trek fan and my dad who just likes action movies, uh, both really enjoy that movie for different reasons. And there's things of it I like, and there's things I don't like, but. If you're saying, hey, let's watch a Star Trek movie, I'm like, cool, throw on Wrath of Khan, throw on uh, Journey Home, throw on Search for Spock. I'm not going to say throw on Eleven or throw on Into Darkness. In fact, I came out of the theater on Into Darkness pissed off. Yeah, that's, that's what, that was the point. It's like, I came, like, I, like I, I got mad at Star Trek Into Darkness so much. But I started reflecting as this trailer, as this episode 7 trailer was about to hit, and I was like, there's something I liked about Star Trek Into Darkness, but I think those those last 20 or so minutes really sounded me on my experience, but I wouldn't say it was a bad movie. It just, those last 20 or so minutes pissed me off. Now here's the- At the end of the day, I think more along the lines of like, it was a, it was so-so. And, and that's fair. I mean, like I said, it, it depends how invested you were in the original uh, stories. I think will have more of an impact as to how you feel about the Abrams verse. But here's the deal. Those last 20 or so minutes is just how much fighting and lasers and explosions can we put into the space movie? And I'm, in my mind, I go, this would work great if this was Star Wars. You got two starships battling it out. You got two guys like having a duel you know, while falling through the sky. And I'm like, 
give both those guys lightsabers. That would be a cool fight to watch two, you know, Jedi and a Sith dueling on debris as it's falling down and they only have X amount of time before they're gonna hit the ground and inevitably have every bone in their body shattered. So that would make a really cool sequence. And the two starships battling each other, you know, like a Star Destroyer taking on some sort of rebel, or I guess not rebel anymore, whatever they are. Good guy ship versus Star Destroyer and having some cool epic laser battle while you have the starships going around and all that kind of stuff happening. It'd be a little overwhelming, but it'd be really cool. And you know, Abrams can actually shoot action well. And I think that's why he showed, hey, X-Wings, swoop bikes, we're gonna have some action in this, it's gonna be cool. You know, plot's gonna be bad dude with a red lightsaber, does evil stuff, good guy's gotta take him down. I mean, that's basically what this movie's gonna be about. And that teaser more or less showed me that. It's gonna be action, you know, there'll be probably a little bit of humor in there and hopefully an enjoyable experience. I can't imagine this movie being as painful as you know, episode two. Star Wars. Yeah, and that's and that's 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 um, that's that, that's that, that's already uh, already I think like no, with with JJ Abrams, he kind of is self like he has this weird self awareness of like, okay, I know what works and what doesn't work, and I think like I have a little bit more faith with him than I did with Lucas, and I think like now that it's been so long now since episode three, so long now since episode to episode one. And now, so like you know, now that the stink of George Lucas has sort of dissipated, I'm now more receptive of this and more like, okay, I'm gonna give you one more. It's like it's a battered, it's like battered wife syndrome. It's like I'm gonna give this guy one more shot. If I'm gonna get burned one more time, I'm gonna burn everything. The word Star Wars I, I own right now. Well, here, here's the deal with Lucas: is according to some behind-the-scenes stuff I heard about uh, from some of the people who worked on Clone Wars, Lucas said his biggest mistake with the prequels was get, letting his ego get in the way of everything. That he was just so obsessed with, I know what I'm doing, that he forgot to ever have anyone question him. Like, he knows he should have had questioning people instead of a bunch of yes-men, and he regrets it. Like, he regrets how bad the prequels turned out. That's why he wanted Clone Wars to be so good. And then when things were being purchased over, he said, you know, I can't make anything more because one, I'm old, and two, I'm selling this all, but I want to have at least some say. And he had some general kind of rules, like, you know, the good guys are the good guys. You know, Luke can't suddenly become a uh, Sith yeah. Lord. Like, Luke remains good. You know, Han isn't going to go and start working for the Empire, unless he's doing it as, like, a spy or something. But the good guys from his movies remain good guys. Uh, that, you know, at the core of Star Wars is about family. It's about, you know, the closeness. It's about overcoming the darkness and banding together. And... You know, there there are some rumors that say that he may have had some influence with saying like, "Hey, this is the kind of direction I would want seven, eight, nine to go," but not like a step by step. Just a what if this, 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 and that's supposedly the rumor that he gave them a what if this, this, this kind of outline. Not even outline, like maybe a three sentences, and that they took that and ran with it. And I think that would work. I mean, if Lucas told you three and three sentences what the prequel trilogy was supposed to be and then you gave that to a really competent writer and a really good director or mediocre director but a really competent writer uh just let's be fair um i think the prequel trilogy would have turned out a lot better because it's hey here's three sentences and basically what needs to happen and as for that you know i think lucas has learned his lesson i think he regrets some of his decisions 
And he doesn't have a huge amount of influence, just, you know, like I said, three sentences. But I, I think that's good. And I'm not saying he would... To me, I guess I would feel... I don't feel as much hatred for Lucas because he, he accepted his mistakes. And he came up with the... He, he was heavily involved with Clone Wars. And for the most part, Clone Wars was a good TV series, which I know you wanted to talk about the uh, CG Clone Wars as well. And then he came up with some groundwork ideas for Rebels... And Rebels has been a really good series thus far. So I, I think there's, I guess you could call it a redemption story for Lucas. That, that he's basically, his life is Anakin Skywalker. He was a good guy, came Darth Vader for a while, dies a good guy. Or, well, he's not dead, but you know what I mean. He's no longer with the franchise. So he leaves the franchise as a good guy. And I, I'm fine with that, honestly. I, I, I have no ill will towards Lucas anymore because... I can understand a guy's ego exploding. I can fully understand that. Because, you know, how could you not have your ego explode if everyone's running around you going, oh my God, Star Wars is the greatest thing ever. Totally the greatest thing ever. Greatest thing ever. Greatest thing ever. And you just hear that a million times over how many decades? That's going to get to you. That's going to make well, you a little crazy. Well, not just that. One of the things that, one of the things that a lot of people praise George Lucas is that he was the first guy to put his foot down and, and say to say to companies, I want part I, I want to have total control of the merchandise. Well yeah, that was his most genius move ever. And they're like, so it's like knock yourself out. Who's gonna want crap like, from this movie? Because they were so like for, they gave it to him. They were just like, whatever, who wants anything from this movie? Like, yeah, whatever, Star Wars, whatever. Highest fine. selling toy of nineteen seventy seven and nineteen seventy eight, I believe. 1978, yeah, because uh, we'll go into that later, but um, yeah, the, um, the, the the crazy thing, like I said, like, he, like, like you know, it's, it's those things where it's like, everyone's like, that. It, it's because making those kinds of decisions, I think, is the eel kind of got inflated, but over time, like, yeah, I think after making the, after making the prequels, and I think after seeing all the backlash the prequels had, I think he kind of, I think his decision to hand it up to someone else and hand it off to Disney, I think, was kind of a necessary thing, and like yeah. seeing the seeing the things that come out of the Disney era of Star Wars, I'm down with it so far. Yeah, uh, thus far they basically said anything that takes place after Episode Three in terms of novels, games, etc., is for the time being not canon. We'll see if some of the midquel, you know, like Shadows of the Empire or Splinter of a Mind's Eye or whatever. Uh, get returned to the canon, that's really up in the air right now, I would just lean towards no. Because no. they're just they're they're telling new stories in that time period, so you know, that'll be filling in those those gaps. And and right now they've released two books that are official canon. Uh, the first one is called A New Dawn and it ties into the Rebels cartoon. Features a Kanan kind of discussing a little bit of his Jedi training and more about him just being a complete drunk uh, working on this mining planet trying to not remember that he knows how to use the force and he meets up with Hera the cute twee like chick who has the awesome spaceship in the TV series and they try to they basically basically Kanan and trying to hook up with Hera ends up getting wrapped up in some political intrigue and has to help battle against uh, the Empire, and eventually decides to join her, so that they can go off on adventures, which will eventually lead to the cartoon. Uh, though it doesn't feature Zeb, it doesn't feature uh, Sabine, it doesn't even feature Chopper. 
who is, I think, everyone's favorite character at this point. Everyone digs Chopper. It doesn't feature any of those. It's just those two. It's just, you know, Hera and Kanan kind of grow, growing to respect each other and deciding, hey, let's just screw around with the Empire. Mm. And, and it works that it, it is like we were talking about those G.I. Geo comics. It's high adventure. It's let's go have let's go have this fun adventure. It's lighthearted. Well, not, it has its dark moments, but it's like a really good episode of the TV series. And it's a nice fun adventure. It's not expanding the universe in any significant way, in my opinion. You don't really need to know their meeting story to understand to like the cartoon. Though there are a few things about Kanan that it kind of fills in that I I kind of liked knowing about. Just about you know when when his training stopped, yeah, you know, where he was when Order sixty six was given, his guilt about the Jedi Order, things like that, and of course the big question in his head, okay Obi Wan, so we all left the temple like you said, now what? But where's the next instructions, Obi Wan? Where, where are you, dude? Or, is Obi Wan dead? Yoda. Yoda. Anyone? Anyone? And and that kind of loneliness and fear and terror, and I'm like. And his response is, I'll just drink until I don't think about that. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> if I you're- would, yeah, that's actually, that's actually a smart idea because at, at that point it's like, well, not only do I forget that I'm a, not only do I forget I'm a Jedi, but now, like, hey, I, I, like, now I won't arouse suspicion if they, in case like, something were to go wrong. Yeah. And I, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but I mean, obviously he and Hera work together because the cartoon exists, so I don't consider that a spoiler. I'm not going to talk about much of the story. But I, I do like those little moments like that. And it's interesting of Hera because it sounds like she begins already working for somebody, but they don't tell you who that is. So there's a lot of questions it doesn't answer about Hera's backstory. Then I'm like, is that coming in the cartoon? Are we going to get a Hera book? I know this supposed to be a comic that's supposed to t- tie into... Uh, uh, Rebels. I think we're supposed to be getting a. Co- I don't know if it's going to be extra side adventures with the team or backstory or something, but I know that's one of the sure, comics that Marvel is teased. Oh, sorry. I, I just know it's one of the comics that Marvel's teased is a Rebels themed comic. And, so, and, and I'm pretty sure that's what's going to be the case. I'm pretty sure with such a with such a major event, with such a with with such high praise that the TV show is getting right now, I'm pretty sure they're going to work. I th- I'm pretty sure what they're going to do is like they're going to like flesh out everybody's backstory a little bit more in the comic books or in the novels a little bit more. Yeah. That way it's like uh, like instead of trying to make the instead of trying to make the um, instead of trying to make like the novels like their own story, instead what they, I think I think one of the good ideas I'm hearing is that hey, um, let's just let's just expand on these characters. Let's expand a little bit more on their backstory. And like if that's the case. I'm down with it. I'm not completely down with the idea of them eliminating a lot of the back, a lot of the great, amazing books they had. But if you're yeah. gonna do it in favor of, hey, uh, let's flesh out a character from something you really like. I'm not. Com- I'm not 100. I'm not 100 like against it anymore. I'm like, okay, I see where you're trying to get. I see the point you're trying to get at now. You want to get some sort. You want to like start streamlining a lot of things. Yeah. By all means. One of the things that, like, one of the Dark Horse series, miniseries I really liked that came out last year, I believe, was called Purge. And it was basically Darth Vader and a handful of Imperials kind of explaining how they got people to give up hoping that the Jedi would make a return. How do, you know, how do we take care of these planets that have uh, Force worshippers who aren't Force users? And it's actually a really interesting read. 
And then Marvel said, you know, I think it's February or something, they're starting a, a Darth Vader, I don't know if it's a miniseries or an ongoing, that's going to be that, hey, episode three just ended, Darth Vader's gonna go hunt down the remaining Jedi and try to eliminate the Force religion from the world. And I'm like, okay, Marvel's gonna take their hand at doing the same thing. The Purge miniseries, I think was five issues, six issues. So if they're gonna make it an ongoing, there's a lot of stories that can be told there. And if they hold to that point where not every time, it's not always violence is the answer. Uh, it, it just, I mean, the comic doesn't matter. It's not uh, canon anymore, so I can spoil it a little bit. One of the stories ends with a female officer basically saying, what if we just made it a school here where, or we put out an offer to, you know, this is a horrible planet with like, you know, really bad, I mean, your choices is work in these mines until you die or hope a Jedi picks you up because you're force sensitive. Well, what if we offered them scholarships to the Imperial Academy? Suddenly the kids of this planet have another option, a new thing they can look to and worship. Jedi is only gonna pick up maybe one kid in every, what, three, 400? Maybe the Imperial Academy will take one in 10. It's just like this idea that, oh, we'll win, their, we'll win them over by, oh, all their kids will basically go off to join the Imperial Academy. And the, when those kids return home because it's their home world and people do that and they have kids, well, loyal Imperials will have children who are loyal Imperials. Mm. And I liked that idea of not just using violence, but actually using, you know, a good psychological strategy. Now, I don't know where the Vader story is going to go if it's just him battling other Jedi. I'm cool with that because that level in Force Unleashed was awesome. Um, or if it's going to be, you know, have those psychological aspects as well. But I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with this. And I think that's one of those smart moves. They're like, hey, this Purge story was okay, but let's go and build on that. Let's try to make something bigger and better than just a, like a five-shot miniseries. And I think yeah. there's room for that with the books and with the uh, uh, comics. Yeah, and the thing is, like I said, like like right now, like uh, like I think what was what was happening is like the books were done in a time where there was no there was nothing there was nothing Star Wars related after Returning the Jedi, and what they wanted to do was they wanted to do something more. They wanted to tell their own stories. Yeah, and you know, and all all at a time like hey, yeah, that's all that's all great. That that's. That's, that's amazing, and like, hey, uh, looking like looking back at it, there were some really good stories from that from that era of Star Wars. Matter There's fact, also a lot of bad. Yeah, Crystal but, uh, Star, Planet of Twilight. Uh, well, it wasn't Planet of Twilight wasn't like their their first attempt at like a horror book. Uh, maybe Children yeah. of the Jedi. That was bad. Oh God. It was also the first book I ever read too. A freaking Black Fleet Crisis was retarded. But I mean, for all of that stuff they have, there, there's some good stuff. Like, I, like, like, I'm, I'm gonna admit this right now. The very first, like, uh, like, not like the very first, like, you know, grown up. Like, I want to say grown up, but like the very first, like, big kid book. Like, just the, like, say novel. Yeah, novel. There the you first go. Novel I ever read was um, was actually Shadows of the Empire, which is pretty decent. How, how, look, as I, much as I hate Dash Rendar, that is actually a fairly well written book. Yeah, and I, like, the thing is, like, Dash Render, yeah, he, like, he comes off as kind of, like, yeah, like, looking back at it, he comes off kind of Mary Sue-ish. But everything else around, everything else around it, like, like with the Luke and Leia and everything else, I was down with that. Uh, even I mean, Shizor, I was actually kind of cool that he came back in the Bounty Hunter trilogy 
as kind of just to expand what Black Sun was. And I think Black Sun continued to be around for several other books under a new leadership. And I liked the idea of Black Sun of like, yeah, why would the galaxy only have one major crime syndicate? You know, why would it only have the huts? That makes no sense. It, the galaxy's huge. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like there's only Sicilian mafia. What about the triads? What about the Yakuza? Yeah. What about the what about you know, what about all these other people? So of everything, Black Sun was the best part that came out of that because that actually did stick around in in the book continuity and even the comics. And and I yeah. dug what you could do with them because it's like the Huts were yeah very much the Sicilian mafia, and then you go to like. You know, Black Sun's very much more Black on the Sun. side of like a triad or a yakuza. It's just say, you cross us, we will immediately kill you. We will, they're not even going to think about it. The Huts will think about it immediately. Immediate betrayal. Oh, we're just going to kill you right where you stand. We're not gonna... Jabba the Hut is literally Jabba the Hut is literally uh, Don Colorado. Yeah. I'll make you a deal. You shit out of you. Oh, 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 oh. See him like. I don't, I don't know why I have that image of the, the Simpsons one where Homer thinks about what it'd be like to be a mafia don, but it's, it's just <laughs> oh my God. it's just Jabba the Hutt just like squirming down the street of like some town in Tenui and like, oh, Don Jabba, I made you some donuts. <laughs> oh, 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 hum, hum, hum. oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Someone draw me a picture of Jabba the Hutt eating donuts. <laughs> Just have this image of him, just like holding it up, like ah, oh, truly the greatest oh, of all inventions. Of Thank you. <laughs> you guys barely have water. You guys have no grain, but somehow you have donuts. <laughs> They're space donuts. They're made out of space. Excellent, my favorite milk. flavor. <laughs> Blue milk all the way. Anyways, but no, yeah, and, and like uh, going back, like start like um, epic, like Tales of Empire was my very first novel I ever read. That was really good. I I I had a pleasant time reading it. Like, and what it like? It's it's weird. Like, I like the game, but I like the novel so much more. Well, because the novel also had Luke, you know, going through and trying to figure out how to make a lightsaber. It had him practicing using his powers at the rebel base that he or rebel ship that he and was on. Infiltrating him and Chewie, infiltrating the Chizor's um, like palace. Yeah, like, you, had, you had some cool stuff in there. Yeah, that was my favorite part when he goes in like as one of his guards and Chewbacca goes in like as a captive, but he goes in as like another person of that, another Wookiee that's also being, uh, that they're hunting for as well. Yeah, where, where they had to dye his fur black and stuff like that to yeah, make him look like yeah, that yeah. guy. I can't remember that stuff. Oh man. Well, I remember it because they had to like trim some, they had to trim his hair shorter too. And there's like a whole scene where, where Chewie just gets pissed off that he has to trim yeah, his yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh no! It took me a while to grow this. This is my do. You can't miss my do. Yeah, no, but like, um, um, but like I said, uh, I, I have a lot of respect for those for those books. But since now, it's like it's not 1980. It's not uh, 1991 anymore. It's 2014, and we are gonna have like more official, like a more officially sanctioned um, um movies. Well, to have. I think it's- so to, that's something I think we I think it's I, I think we can I think we can safely say I think we can like take it out to we can t- we can take it out to the sun, 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 sunset. Well, one of the things that it the afterward on a uh, new dawn is you have uh, the guy who's the producer of Rebels and he's one of the handful of people at Disney who are like the continuity masters or whatever you want to call them. 
and a holocron keepers i believe is their if, if, uh, nickname on twitter um basically i think it's a good idea to have this kind of governing body that goes through everything and makes sure that the story fits and it's not over the top it's not something that you're like wait what the hell like uh as much as i love force unleashed one it is a fun game to play continuity wise it makes absolutely no sense because you're like well, wait he, he has a bunch of clones of the dude but the dude's like super badass and why is he not around anymore what the hell like there's just too many of those kind of questions to uh confront and you know having a governing body that can make sure things fit in story works really well in my opinion the problem i have is and this is me as a writer my problem that if you work for them, it's got to be really weird. It's got to be like, write a chapter, send it in, wait for their response, rewrite the chapter, send it in, wait for their response. And I'm like, is, is it, are you that hobbled in the process? Or is it just, you know, yes, master, I will write you chapter one. Oh, you didn't like chapter one. I need to change this, this, and this to make it fit continuity better. Okay. Is this rewrite better? It is? Good. I'll start working on chapter two now. Like that that kind of micromanagement worries me just because it feels like that would really stifle the creative process. But for all I know, they're a much smoother machine than that. I don't know. I haven't interviewed any of the writers. Not yet, at least. Not yet, at least. Yes. And and I am not yet a writer of Star Wars, but give me time. Yet. Yet. So... You and me, Jed, will write that story about the, about the, about the Imperial Accountants. Yep. Bill, Bill Johnson, Imperial Accountant. <laughs> The most exciting book ever. (laughs) Oh my god, this is this is gonna be amazing. Anyways, um, Um, to to kind of just uh, briefly talk about the next book, I haven't finished it yet because it just kind of came out a short time ago. uh, Is the Tarkin book done by James Lucino, who worked on I believe Labyrinth of Evil, Darth Plagueis, and I think he did uh, Darth Vader, Rise of Darth Vader. I think he did as well. And James Lucino is actually a really, really great writer. He's slowly becoming one of my favorite Star Wars writers, along with the dude who wrote the zombie books. Um, I love the Star Wars versus zombie books. If, if you're a zombie fan, I don't care if they're not continuity; it doesn't matter. Read Red Harvest or Death Troopers. Uh, I was say Death Troopers. That's the one I remember. Yeah, Death Troopers is Stormtroopers versus zombies, and Red Harvest is uh, a Sith Academy in the Old Republic era gets overrun by zombies. It is freaking awesome. Uh, both those books are great. And he did a Darth Maul book as well that was actually really good. Joe Schreiber. Schreiber, thank you. Uh, and Schreiber also did a Darth Maul book where Darth Maul is trapped in this... Uh, it's Escape from Butcher's Lockdown. Bay. Lockdown. Yeah, it's called Lockdown. It's basically Escape from Butcher's Bay. It's Darth Maul, you got to go in this prison. you got to find this one dude. You're not allowed to use your lightsaber or your force powers. And it's freaking an awesome story of just... Darth Maul kicking massive amounts of butt in a prison and just I've, n- I've never seen a Star Wars prison story before and that book was a really cool book so yeah Sh- Schreiber and uh, Lucino are both becoming two of my favorite writers I hope Schreiber comes back to do more insanity in the Star Wars universe because technically those stories could all be canon they there's no way they influence any of the main characters in the story and I would love for them to say oh those books totally canon Zombies, yes, zombies exist. <laughs> but to get back to Tarkin, as, as I made reference before with the Transformers things, the other one that's more political and more grounded, that's Tarkin. 
it it flashes between him as a youth growing up like learning the lessons from his family about the planet he came from about him uh kind of training and becoming a soldier and then it goes into the present of that time which is before the creation of the death star they're just briefly making reference to the quote mobile battle station end quote Mm. and it's him dealing with just some random pirates and stuff and imperial politics and trying to maneuver around while other people are trying to usurp his power and what's even crazy is there's a sequence in the beginning where he's designing what he believes the uh, imperial uniform should look like which is described as what it looks like on the death star so apparently he created the modern imperial uniform because he's like, I want the boot, I want the pants to be cut so that boots can fit properly with the pants, and the uniform jacket should be a, a set length and build, and the cap should have a little insignia on it, and all these little things. I'm like, oh, yeah, we owe all that to Tarkin. Okay, cool. And that's continuity. Tarkin invented the modern uniform. It is set. James Lucino said so. So I, I'm liking the book thus far. I haven't completed it, so I'm hoping it won't piss me off. Um, on the cover there's Darth Vader's mask so I assume Darth Vader's going to have a decent role in here I hope he is I hope it's not one of those like and here's Darth Vader for a chapter hello Tarkin I'm going to go off and do Darth Vader stuff now like I'm hoping they get to hang out together and do something but it's, it's turning out to be pretty good and you know of the two books this one I'm much more invested in because of just I like the political stuff. I like the rise to power and what makes a leader. And and while I do like a brain dead, let's go have an adventure and you know shoot lasers and save the day, something like this actually speaks a lot louder to me. Though I don't know if it would be a book that everyone would enjoy. Versus if you're just looking for a fun space adventure, you just go for New Dawn and have at it. Well, like, like I said before, I mean, there's 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 various flavors of everything. If you want, if you want your space adventure, this and that, you go, you go with New Dawn. But if you want something a little bit more politically charged, a little bit more like behind the scenes of what's been going on, you go for the Tarkin book. And the uh, the two other books they've announced, um, one I think is called Lords of the Sith, and the premise, as I understand it, is Vader and the Emperor crash land on a planet, and they got to survive against aliens and stuff like that, using all being all dark side badass. And I'm like. That sounds like fun, actually. Just kind of a Vader and Emperor versus aliens. And then the other one is supposed to be a Luke Skywalker book taking place between uh, original Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. And it's him doing something. I'm not quite sure what. All I know is it's supposed to take place in that time period gap and be Luke, I guess, kind of practicing with his lightsaber and slowly... Because obviously, when you see him in Empire, he can barely move objects in the beginning. So I don't know what kind of Jedi adventure he can really go on on his own when clearly he can barely do anything at the beginning of Empire. But I'm curious to see a Luke Skywalker adventure in that time period, probably showing him raised from Red 5 to Rogue One. So that, that has potential too, I think. Well, I'm looking for the book. Hair to the Jedi is the one you're looking for. Hair to the Jedi. It's actually but Hair to the Jedi by Kevin Hearn. Kevin Hermy. Hermy. Kevin Hermy. Not sure who that is. 
Let's see. Let me ring up. I'm on the wiki. That's why. Okay. Well, that helps. Well, he's just he's done a lot of he's done a lot of stuff like he's done like a lot of like he is like his very first like major novel. Huh. He's done stuff for us. He's done he's done stuff for for Star Wars Insider, and he was also at, at San Diego Comic Con. That's pretty, so. This is like his very first like kind of like very first forte into Star Wars. So it's someone who knows the continuity well, but had doesn't have a Star Wars novel yet. Yes. So this is like his All very right. first book. Like you, like me. Um. Set for release on March March third, two thousand fifteen. So it will actually take place. So actually, this book is actually released before the. Actually, it's gonna be released before the the one that you're talking about, Lords of the Sith. The Lords of the Sith is actually due on April twenty eighth. Oh, okay, my bad. I thought it, I thought Lords of the Sith came out first. Oh no, that's fine. That's what, as a matter of fact, I'm reading this. It's actually actually at first it was supposed to release really first. No, actually, actually, they switched the dates around. That, that basically. Huh. I wonder why. Either so, way, um, I'm more interested in that Darth Vader versus aliens thing. I think that could be a lot more fun. Just because I like again, like I said, I like that Vader level on Force Unleashed, and I wouldn't mind a Vader esque adventure like that. Just like let me just blast you all away with the Force, and you know, uh, just toss you around like rag dolls, throw my lightsaber through a bunch of you guys, decapitating you. I'm like. If they can do some over-the-top awesomeness like that, meanwhile the Empire Emperor is just shooting lightning at everything, just be amazing. I don't know. I'm more inclined for myself because I'm more, I, like I, you're gonna hate me for this, but it's like I'm more like I, I really like I really like Luke Skywalker, especially during no. his Jedi training day, like when he became the Jedi the Jedi Master, like yeah. which another Jedi. So I'm more inclined to actually get the hair to the Jedi book. As a matter of fact, I'm actually now that I'm hearing this premise, I'm gonna give this a shot. I, I, I do like Luke and stuff like that. It's just, I realize that with Vader and the Emperor, you can make this really over-the-top action story yeah. versus with Luke, probably being more grounded of the two. It, it's honestly, it's the opposite of Tarkin and New Dawn. In New Dawn, it's the it's the good, the rebels, the rebel-ish characters having the over-the-top adventure. Tarkin's more grounded. This time, it's probably going to be a more grounded rebel adventure and hopefully an over-the-top uh, dark side, let's explode stuff adventure. Yeah. Which, I, I the dark side is just a little more fun. Um, I'd say in everything except for video games, because most video games, dark side just isn't quite as fun in my opinion. And that that's a whole discussion for another time of the games and how they screw up how dark side functions. But I do like it for what you could do with it in a novel, what you could do with it in a comic. You know, I liked those Darth Maul comics and the Darth Maul uh, books because just the way he used his powers, the way he thought things through, that was pretty awesome. And it was a character that deserved to have more screen time, even though I'm back and I'm kind of so-so on them bringing him back from the dead in uh, the Clone Wars TV series. Though that did lead to some interesting comics. Well, not only that, the way they, but the way they disposed of him again was actually very interesting. As a matter of fact, I remember, I remember just randomly, I was just watching that episode where he disposed of him again. I'm like, I, I literally, my jaw dropped. I was like, just eating cereal, I went to go to work. Mm-hmm. And, this, and the episode was just on, I was just watching it on TV. And like, literally, like, I'm watching this all of them fold. I'm like, I, my jaw dropped when I saw what happened. Like, yeah. Wow. But it's one of those characters they wanted to do more with. I mean, I'm fairly certain everyone, when they saw the episode one trailer, was thinking, oh man, that guy's an awesome bad guy. I can't wait to see him for three movies. He, he died in the first one? Oh. Yeah, he did. Well, who do we get in the next one? Dracula at the age of 60. Uh, 
Yay, an old man. Yay. Is he gonna do flips and stuff? No. Is he gonna do really crazy over the top sword fighting? No. Yay. Hey. Oh, but, but, uh, one. But, you know, I think now that we have a little more control like this, I think that they would be. Well, let's just take example. To, to go to the Rebels TV series, they've introduced this Inquisitor character who's appeared in a couple episodes. And when they re aired the uh, pilot, they gave him an extra little sequence at the beginning where Darth Vader gives him, like, you need to hunt down the remaining Jedi, which is something that fans would already know. But, you know, for the uninitiated, go go and hunt Jedi, Inquisitor. Inquisitor's mm -hmm. like, yes, Master. And then just like, all right, cool. And not a necessary scene to see to watch the rest of the series, but hey, they introduced the Inquisitor slightly earlier that way. But he's one of these cool villains that you want to see more of, and I think they've done a really good job at making sure he has very few appearances so he doesn't become oversaturated he still has that mystery still has that that like oh man i want to see that guy show up again he he's kind of like and this might not be the best example but it's kind of like the cigarette smoking man cigarette smoking man in x-files was a really interesting character till about season four or five where then he was like, he appeared all like in every other episode and i'm like guys we want to see more of him yes but by giving to him but more is less that when he's even especially in some of those early uh, season uh, season two episodes, excuse me, because he only appears like the last episode of season one. But in season two, where you just see him in the background, and he just maybe not even say a line. He's just there smoking while other people are talking conspiracy stuff. And you're like, ooh, he didn't even say anything. You know, you get those little moments. And I think I think with uh, Rebels, they, they're having that where, where everyone sees the Inquisitors like, dude. That guy is amazing. He has this cool modified lightsaber. He's really powerful. He knew things about Kanan just from a quick fight with him. It's like, oh, you use this fighting style. You must have been the, the student of Master Balaba. Oh, but you're too weak. You're not nearly as skilled as she was. You know, and you're like, wait, how do you know this? And, you know, was he the one who killed her? But no, she was killed during Order 66. And you want these questions answered. You want to know more about this character. And I think that's a really good job. And I think what's going to happen is that they learned from Darth Maul. And they said, look, you got a villain. Let's see if he catches on. If he does, let's keep this guy around for a while. Because you want the fans to really get a full taste for this character and everything they can do. Which is why you have Darth Maul prequel comics. Darth Maul post-Robo-Legs comics. You have Darth Maul you know, pre-Episode 1 books because people wanted more Darth Maul. And while I do think it's kind of, his survival at you know being chopped in half is not entirely something that I sit there like, oh yeah, of course, you totally could. Um, I go, no, there's no way. You're, how does he poop? <laughs> um, granted, I don't even know if he has the same physiology as a human, so, you know, but it's one of those things where it just seems really really impossible to survive with only half your body. You know, force powers and all that aside. But on the other hand, I'm, I'm glad to see him back, and the robot legs look pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Like I said, the way they brought him in, in, in the actual Clone Wars show was actually pretty interesting. And like I said, um, I like that they didn't, they didn't overstay, they didn't overstay his welcome either. It's like he was in and out. And I, I didn't feel like, I felt cheated either. It's like, 
yeah, he was in and out, but I didn't feel like, oh my god, like they knew they, they, they he was trash all over. No, they used him fairly, fairly, fairly well, and the way they they set it up and everything was actually pretty good, and the way that everything kind of turned out at the end was was jaw dropping in my opinion. I think it's yeah. more an impact. I think it did more of an impact the way they handled it in Clone Wars than they did in the actual episode one. In one of the comics uh, for Darth Maul, I cannot remember what it was called. I want to think it was, I know it had something to do with like a, like a hunting term. I think it was like a blood hunt or something like that. That's probably not the right title for it. It, it, it focuses on uh, Darth Maul, robot legs and his brother. And they're, they're hunting this guy for reasons that are important in the comic, but I'm not going to spoil. And it's kind of cool because when uh, eventually I think Obi-Wan or something sees him, it's like, no, you're dead. And, and just Darth Maul just smiles at him and then continues with his job. It's like, I do totally want to kill you for what you did to me, but I got more important things to do right now and I don't want to fight a bunch of Jedi. And just this evil smile, like, yeah, yeah, I'm back. I got robot legs. <laughs> I'm a goat man, but you know what? I don't care. You ain't my target yet. Yeah, you're not my target yet. You wait for that cartoon episode. You're gonna, you're gonna freak out, man. Oh, you will. And I just liked it because it was just this cameo of, of Obi Wan. I didn't even think they were gonna appear. I'm like, oh, this is. They're not even gonna see any of the Jedi in this. It's just Darth Maul getting his legs back, so to speak. I mean, like he has the robot legs, but he has to get used to using them, and they're going on this hunt and. I was just like, this is kind of cool, seeing him and his brother do some stuff together. I was like, this is actually a pretty cool little story. I cannot remember for life what it was called. I, I want to say it was Blood Hunt or Blood Oath or. That's what I'm looking up right now. The week. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm. Just... Well, because it's a really good comic, and I don't know if it's considered canon or not. Because Clone Wars is made canon, but I don't know if the comics that tie into Clone Wars are made canon. So, I I don't just don't know where this one stands and. Technically, it doesn't need to be canon. It doesn't add a lot to his character. It's just seeing Darth Maul and his brother go on a killing spree, more or less. Oh, yeah. But for good reasons. They're, they actually have a good reason to hate this guy. So it's not like, it's not like oh, you know, it's GTA. Let's just plot a, a Uzi and blow everything up mode. It's, yeah, it, it's just a revenge a story in Darth Maul. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could call it Predator. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, that, that, like, you call you you send in the you send in the ultimate badass to do the most badass job ever. You send yeah. in that's why you send out a predator. Yeah, it's all for game. Yep. Oh my god, it's, <laughs> we went all, we went around with that one. But um, yeah, going back to like, like I wanted to mention that but I really like I really love the Clone Wars cartoon. Yes, I, like I see, I love so so much. I was, as I mentioned before the show, um, I love the Giddy Tardoski series a whole, like so much. I do too. But I think that's like one of like the best pieces of Star Wars they've done. Yep. And Clone and Clone Wars, the I the CGI cartoon, it took a while, but I ended up loving it for what it's trying for what it's trying to do. Season one is really hit and miss. You can tell that they're yeah. kind of trying to figure out where they're going. By the time you get to like season two, it really starts to heat, to warm up. And it's one of those ones where it unfortunately did get canceled before its time because uh, when rights went to Disney, it just messed everything up with that. Well, they do have the they do have the lost season, which is which pretty much does conclude everything. Yeah, it, it wraps up things well enough, uh, and it's only like four or five episodes, I think. 
And that's on Netflix. I thought it was a complete like. I thought it was a complete like. You know, thirteen episodes. No, they they didn't get around to making every episode for that. Uh, So there's a couple of stories in there that you can you can find like the animatics or like the scripts online, where they're like, well, this is like the sketches of what would have happened. And I know one of them is actually supposed to be a really interesting Anakin Obi Wan behind enemy lines story. Uh, that that I, I can't remember what the plot of it was, but I think it was like them, like they were trapped, and I think they didn't have their lightsabers or anything. It was just them relying on their force powers and stuff like that, and just kind of sneaking around like a Metal Gear oh, kind of thing. Okay, I see, I see. I, I, I found it right now. Okay. Yeah, the animatronics. Oh my god. Yeah, it's called Big Bang. Yeah. So there were some interesting things that they didn't get to make, but the Yoda kind of vision of the future kind of thing is kind of a pretty awesome wrap-up. And the series itself has a lot of really strong episodes that do expand on not just uh, the characters from the movies, but actually a lot of the minor Jedi that you kind of want to know more about. Not just that they make you care for, like, the clone troopers. Yes. Like, very well to the point where I'm like... Like, when I heard that, when I heard that the, new, the next couple of Black Series action figures are going to be, like, Clone Wars-focused, I'm like, I got, I got giddy. I got really yeah. giddy. Like, eee, I get the Clone Troopers. I get our Troopers and everything. I'm so happy. It's one of those things where you sit there for a moment and you go, why the heck are you naming all these clones? Why, why are you doing all that? You know, stupid. And then you start to see them and you see them more and more and you're like, I like Rex. I don't want to see him die and I don't want to see him turn and kill a bunch of Jedi either. I wanted to see him, like, retire and have a happy life after the war. Like that one clone. Yeah. It's like I am not gonna fight, but you know I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help you guys. But look, I I'm 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 done. I'm done. With, I'm done fighting. I have a beautiful wife. I'm gonna continue on. Yeah, there's uh, some of the books that take place in the Clone Wars series uh, during the Clone Wars time period. I can't remember which one it was, but I remember one where uh, someone Kid Fisto. I think one of Kid Fisto's higher ranking clones falls in love with a woman and is like, sir, I don't want to go AWOL, but the idea of starting a family on this planet doesn't sound too bad. And he goes, yes, it's unfortunate in that explosion of the, you know, whatever the big tanks were, that you had to sacrifice your life in order to set off those explosives. Sir, I didn't. Oh, uh, oh. thank you, sir. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I think it was Kid Fisto. I know, I know he was in that story. It was him and Obi-Wan or him and someone else were, yeah. were in that story and I really liked that little moment of him saying like yeah you've done good you're a good soldier you found someone who you've fallen in love who am I to say that you should continue fighting when you know not, not I think that's you know I think it, that's the character that they that they that they talked about like, I think that character they end up fighting fighting in, in that episode it, it might be I don't remember what the guy's designation was in that book I'd have to look it up but uh, that was like that was one episode that, that was that was one episode that stuck out of my mind. That and the Darth Maul episodes. Yeah, like those two. Like I remember, like th- those two moments. I'm like, yeah, this is, this show really, really, like this show really grew up, grew up. Like, and I'm really happy that it had time to expand and be, do so well. Clone, and I'm really happy that that um, Rebels is continuing that tradition of like well, really well written, really awesome characters, and. Like I'm, I'm really happy. Like I'm, I'm like, as I said, like I think the stink of George, the stink, I love the stink of George Lucas, and without all these things going on now with with Star Wars, 
there's this kind of like this renaissance of people really liking it, and I'm like, for me, I'm really happy now that 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 um that I I I can honestly say after watching everything, and even with all of my complaints that I said earlier about this episode seven trailer, mm-hmm. I. I'm, I, I'll openly admit right now, I think I'm, I'm like uh, as excited as I was when episode one started. But I think now that there's this era of like, whereas episode one, it's like, oh my god, we're going back to this, this and that. It's more like an era of intrigue that now that we're beyond the days of, of George Lucas, what is going to be next? You know what? One and of like, the other parts of this is that, you know, to tie this back to the books and everything, in the beginning, they it was kind of the Wild West. They didn't quite know what they were doing. They were just throwing ideas out there. Now we've tried that. And some was good, some was bad. But now we've learned from those mistakes. And I think that's where a lot of our, at least for me, a lot of my positivity with the franchise is coming from. We've made mistakes. We've learned from the mistakes. Everything after, right, after this point forward, let's just make it as awesome as possible. And that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping we've learned from the mistakes and I don't have to go out of the, you know, next December, I'm not walking out of the theater going, they screwed it up again! Again! Four times! Four times! Well, I think with, um, I think with, um, what I think also was also different as well is like, if, even if there's that slight chance that this movie might suck, yeah, which I think at, at most it might be just passable, yeah, at, at the worst, there's other stuff that's supporting the series. That's yep. officially canon. That's officially sanctioned by canon. Rebels. Look how, look how much we've been talking about Rebels and how awesome Rebels is. Yep. Um, you can look back at Clone Wars. Look how I, I glow about Clone Wars. Um, and I was about to say, like, recently, they did the one thing that George Lucas would never do in the toys that I'm so happy. So, so happy they finally got their head out of their asses and they finally did this. Mm-hmm. Finally, we got six-inch Star Wars figures. Really, the most—they are my favorite toys of the year. Huh? Well, they actually been out since last year, but like yeah. those are like, oh my god, this figure was amazing. I have, let's see, I have um, Obi Wan Kenobi, I have Han Solo, I have um, Princess Leia in her in her um, in her slave outfit. Yeah, of course. And you do. I have. Because that's the only you can find. I know. I'm, I'm still yeah. teasing. And also, um, and also X-Wing Pilot Luke. Nice. The very, first one, the very first one I bought was X-Wing Pilot Luke. Probably be my first one too, actually. That was, that figure was, was just amazing. Like, head, head to tail, the skull, the way, the way the articulation works, the way that you can actually remove the helmet and it doesn't look awkward. The way he can actually like mount the, those lightsaber on his mount this lightsaber and his gun on different parts, it's like they took this time to engineer to engineer a, a really amazing action figure. I'm really happy that now that um, now that uh, that now that um, Disney has some, some sort of control, mm-hmm. they kind of had they kind of took it out. They kind of took their heads out of their asses. And they're like, let's add, let's add articulation. Let's add stuff that we would never do. Yeah, those, those Kenner ones have the big flaw of just being so stiff. Yeah, you know, there's a but there's a magic to those. Like I actually there have is. a Rocketeer action. I have a Rocketeer action figure they made in that same style that they just released recently. Like I would, I would kind of want it. that. I would complain about that, but one, it's the Rocketeer, yep. and two, 
Oh, there's a certain charm to having like just like five points, like just having five, six points of articulation. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's fine. But I think with Star Wars, I think the problem is like I think the I think for someone like me, it's like if you want to get if you want to get me, don't do nostalgia. I want to do action points. I want to do I want to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. So that that's my big thing, and I'm ha- I'm happy that they're doing this, and also. It's become it's become it's become a it's become an arms war now. Every company now owns every company in Japan actually is going to have to make a Star Wars action figure between between next year and God knows when. I worry about that. Let's see, they're going to do the Revolve Tech action figures, which they're doing Revolve Tech Darth Vader and a Stormtrooper. And sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, the the one I'm in for is um shp arts the the art the, the toy line with like sailor moon yeah i know I, I have my uh i have my cure of passion they're making they're making shp arts of star wars hmm. first couple ones out the bat are are darth vader bone trooper um they did and they did also show off obi-wan could not know they showed off luke skywalker and um and han solo from episode four okay so and then Kyoto's been doing a lot. Well, Kyoto is Rebel Tech, but um, I think also uh, Max Factory they're gonna start doing Figmas and also Figmas and also um, Nendroids as well of Star Wars. So it's like there's, Ugh, there's movements. There's movements beyond just um, beyond just Hasbro now. And I'm really happy that it's like we're now at this age of like Star Wars. Where it's like. The possibilities are now endless. I think that's. I think that's. I think that's what we take away from. That. I think when it comes to the Japanese ones, I'm going to have to see what the designs look like and what the accessories are. I'll tell you this much: if you like, if you like the Revolve Tech aesthetic of like, just the only way you're going to get the the, the get these figures look cool in yellow and action pose, mm-hmm. then go for the Revolve Tech. But if you want something that looks amazing, just go for the figure arts. But if you want something that's not, if you want something kind of like on the low price range that's not a figure art, if you want something that looks amazing, go for the Black Series by Hasbro. Like yeah, I'm not actually, disappointed one bit by the by the Black Series. Yeah, I'm, there, I've seen some of those, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to start having some Star Wars people on my desk. To just be really weird because everything I have are like adorable tiny figures, and then just be like Darth Vader towering over all of them. Here's my tiny idol master figures that I have over here, and Darth Vader. I think Darth Vader is in that next wave. Like, think like the next wave of black, black, um, black series like Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi, um, Mace Windu, uh, and a couple of, and a couple of like clone troopers from the from the from Clone Wars. Yeah, which which should hopefully be kind of cool, and you know. That's the big thing with Star Wars right now is there's a lot of potential, a lot of possibilities, and I, I'm glad to see that there are a lot of people are getting excited. And the good part about everything is, like you said, Ramses, it doesn't just it doesn't hinge on Episode Seven. Whether or not Episode Seven is the huge movie we all want it to be doesn't matter because we have a great TV series. The books are turning out good. I am feeling generally positive about the Marvel comic line lines. They're going to be doing multiple Star Wars series. Uh, you know, there's there's things like that that I'm sitting there going, you know what? There's a lot of possibility for good, and I think it's about time. I think it's about time we get a nice Star Wars resurgence where we can all be excited and happy about a franchise we all grew up with. Whether you grew up with the original movies or you were unfortunate enough to grow up with the prequels being your introduction to that universe. Either way, 
it doesn't matter. We're all Star Wars fans, and we should enjoy it for what it is. And uh, oh my god, Luke is already out. <laughs> Luke, Chewbacca, and Anakin Skywalker from Episode Three. I'm like, oh my god, my wallet's crying right now. I actually like on. Anakin's Episode Three look with the longer hair and the black outfit of the cape. Yes, two heads. That's the crazy thing. Yes, two heads. He has one head. He has like one regular head, and then one with the with the, with the scar across his face. Oh. Oh my God! It's so like, oh my God! My wallet is crying, but I want these. Oh, my birthday's coming oh. up. Please buy these for me. Hint, hint. We'll we'll, we'll talk more toys when the show's over. But I think for now, uh, we've definitely talked about every aspect of Star Wars we really can at this point. Perhaps too much. So yeah, before the show, I, I, I think the video games one. I think the video game ones like until we see a definitive like new game like Battlefront. Like we see more about Battlefront, we'll discuss about it on on secret stage. Yeah, we'll wait for E three for EA to show off some new Star Wars footage. Yeah. So, but other than that, like that's that. I think we ran the entire gamut of everything that's not a video game of Star Wars. Yeah. So until next time, this is Bizarro saying. Keep it bizarre, because it's hip to be square in a galaxy far, far away.